HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Diageo Bar Academy. Learn more at diageobaracademy.com. That's D-I-A-G-E-O baracademy.com. This episode is brought to you by Bento Box, a full-service marketing and commerce platform that helps restaurants get discovered, make more money, and engage their diners. Join over 8,000 restaurants already using Bento Box today to deliver better hospitality. Visit getbento.com slash HRN today to get your first month free. That's getbento.com slash HRN. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The devil runs his groove in the rhythm and blues that sound. It's gonna get you sun in the air. Welcome back to the Speakeasy. I'm Damon Bolte. I'm Southern Teague. And I'm Greg Benson. Hey guys. Um you hey, know gentlemen. what? Once it's. Again, uh, I don't know how it's feeling out there in New York, but uh, here in California, it's uh, not that it's never not really summertime, but it's springy and it's nice, and I feel like things are just. I, I know I'm the silver lining guy, but uh, things are really cool. I, over over the weekend, I'll just tell you, just jump into it. Uh, I worked my first event in like two years. Uh, mm-hmm. It was uh, at a place called Wingtip in downtown San Francisco. With my buddy Reza, um, we actually got to work. It was mostly a whiskey event, but we were representing California Brandy there, and it was a blast. We got to see a lot of friends, meet a lot of new people. Um, but you know, it was just. A, I'm I'm not going to say anything necessarily about COVID. It was just a, a normal ass event, and it was everything I ever hoped it would be. Um, it, you know, like we just haven't done this kind of stuff in a couple of years, but also. Uh, you know, as I'd mentioned before, you know, there were a lot of people in town for the ADI, uh, spirits competition. Uh, I got to have dinner with Philip and Elaine Duff. Uh, that felt normal. Um, I'm not, I'm not going to say anything about why it feels normal because I'm tired of talking about it. <laughs> Life is well, normal. Think, That's all I'm saying. I think, I think what we got here is it's springtime and it's renewal and it's coming back. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we don't have to talk about what it's coming back from. Fuck that. So, <laughs> well, we hope so. It's getting close over. Um, I want to touch real quickly, though. You didn't tell me it was Wingtip. I've heard of this place. This is like a private club situation, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's a multi-level. Um, actually, they have like a, a ground floor that you can do like some, there's like retail. Um, but then when you get into the club, it's like, you know, spirits and cigars. There's a, a really, honestly, okay, so <laughs> it, the the main bar room, um, it's a big kind of rectangular bar. It is hard not to imagine the set of cheers when you're in there <laughs> and you know, I, like, of course, you know, after a few drinks, I start making all kinds of references and start quoting Sam and like, do all this stuff. Sure. but it's, it's a really great spot. And uh, yeah, next time you're in town, we should go check it out. Yeah. I heard it's uh, it called wing tips. So basically it's sort of like clothing and shoes and things like that in yeah. the shop. And then you go to the bar and then there's uh, uh, even a, a rooftop, et cetera, that you talked about. So, yeah, uh, if I could turn, if I could put it in like New York terms, it would be like the old Nat Sherman. Yes, that's exactly what I was thinking. But with clothes, like say Drake's on the ground floor, and then like Nat Sherman on top. Got it. It's funny. I was literally just talking about this place last night. I'd never heard of it. Um, oh, cool. That's great. And speaking of last night, and speaking of normalcy, I got to go to Temple Bar, which is 
fast becoming one of my favorite bars in New York now that it's returned and it's a little bit more glorious than it was before. Um, I got to go there last night for the launch of Ford's Gin's new slow gin, which was really delicious. And uh, you guys got you guys got to get a, get a hold of some. It was yeah, quite a revelation for that very small and kind of um, forgotten category. And you know, like who thinks about slow gin very often yeah. anymore? Yeah, um, I don't know. I mean, like what it's. It's good that it's being released in springtime. I, I feel like slow gin and like Damson gin, those things to me are very springy. Like I know that like slow gin fizzes, like a lot of people are kind of like, that's maybe like a fall winter thing, but I don't know. I think just gin in general, in general, um, is very springy. So good, good time for a release. But I mean, how was it? I mean, like I'm assuming it was great because it's Simon Ford. Um, yeah, it's really good stuff. Um, it's higher proof than a standard slow gin, much great. less sugar than a standard slow gin. And it, I'm colorblind, as you know, but it wasn't a purple drink. It, it had more of a red tint to it. Um, and it because of that higher proof, it, it still, when you tasted it on its own, you didn't, you said to yourself, this is definitely gin. Um, Great. You know, a lot of slow gins are more about the the sugar and the fruit um, than they are about the botanicals. So uh, I, my first sip, I, I said uh, it has a medicinal quality that I enjoy. And I think that medicinal certainly isn't always a positive term, but, but the world I live in of bitters and Amari, that's, that's a term. That's, that's something that I look for and enjoy in, in things that I drink. Nice. So I, I thought it was great, but really the, the point of what I'm saying is that it was a parade of, you know, all the bartending who's who here in, in New York. Um, that, and again, I hadn't been in a single room with that many people in, in so long that it, it felt, uh, there was some nervousness and trepidation, but at the same time, it, it didn't feel, unsafe or, or incorrect so you know again springtime we're, we're coming back to life thanks hey man well i went to a basketball game last night and same deal you know it's just like <laughs> it felt it it felt normal not going to say why it felt normal but it was just like oh yeah you know we can we're 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 coming out of the ground and so far i haven't seen my shadow yet so i'm happy about that nice did you um, did you have any uh slow gin jello shots I did not have any slow gin jello shots. I, as much as I've been lobbying the team at Barclay Center to put those on the menu, they they haven't returned any of my emails, and frankly, I don't understand why. Yeah, we need. Okay, so here's the thing, guys. We need to like just as a group start consulting uh, on these projects together because <laughs> yes. I think separately we we have you know some really good ideas, but together we could just you know the sum is greater than the parts. You know, I. The one thousand percent agree. A million percent agree. <laughs> um, but I think honestly, uh, that slow gin would be delicious in in a Jello shot. And speaking of Jello, who's in the studio <laughs> with us today, Greg? I saw you today. We've got a mile away, Damon. It's all slow burn. The slow burn segue. Got to got to seed it early on in the discussion. Yeah. Uh, so we got Jack Schram in the studio with us today. He is. His title is very long. He's the co-owner of Solid Wiggles. He's the head bartender at Pernod Ricard USA. He is, I think, near an ambulance right now. <laughs> and uh, also owner of Better Drinks at Home Incorporated. Jack, how you doing, man? That, was, that I, wasn't for you, was it? The cops didn't, they finally uh, found you? Fortunately, no, they didn't find me. They, uh, oh, good. they, they clearly have the wrong address. Uh, I'm doing great. <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be on. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Happy to have you in the virtual studio. Yeah, so, and sorry, sorry for the long title. I just, you know, in this uh, new new normal lifestyle that we're living in, I I've taken on a, a lot of projects. Yeah, I feel like all of our signature lines at the bottom of our emails have just gotten like they've just ballooned <laughs> out, and just all the things that we're like, yeah, like you know, I'm also mm-hmm. working on this, like you know. Yeah. Well, that's what happened when you know all of our livelihoods got shut down for you know at at the minimum a year, basically two years. Had to yeah. figure stuff out. Yeah, several of these things for you are, are are have been born out of just pivoting and staying staying afloat, right? Exactly. Uh, the Pernod thing has been a uh, steady in my life for five years now, but that was a it it was gone for two years. Also, you know, there was no events in the office to th- you know throw a party, so I wasn't I wasn't doing that at all. So all just pivoting to to jello and content creation and private events. So Jack, I, I want to ask you this because I have a, a very clear memory with one of those memories that like, I remember it very distinctly, but I have zero context around it in which to place it. 
And from back, even before I was on the show, when I was just a listener, there was a guest who talked about making Bloody Mary jello shots at work to bring to a party and trying them. And they were terrible and trying to discreetly throw them out when they arrived at the party and getting caught and having to serve them to everyone and being like, you're going to hate it. And then when they all hated it, being like, I told you so. Was that you or was that someone else? That was not me. (laughs) I personally, uh, one of my character flaws is that I'm a Bloody Mary hater. There's just Ah. something about it. It's just not for me. And I would never think to make the transition from drink I already don't like to thing that has a very specific texture that's not for every application. I think that the, uh, we're still working on the savory gelatin. That's a, that's an interesting future. We're, we're still working. I, if you look back to any any quote unquote cookbook from the late sixties, oh, seventies, hot dog Jello exists. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But you know, hot dog Jello might not be the the culinary delight that we're trying to serve to our our guests. And I think at Solid I, I think honestly, the first Jellos were savory. Aspic, right? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, reduce down your stock until it's gelatinous and chill it until it's and solid. delicious. Yeah. <laughs> well, I remember I found a uh, a book, a cookbook from Jello is is huge in Minnesota, as I found out as I've weirdly gotten you know more and more connections to the Twin Cities over the last few years. Um, like I, I was I was dating someone from there for a little while, and she said, "No, when you show up at a party and you say you're bringing a salad, what you mean is a Jello salad." Mm-hmm. And I saw a Jello salad cookbook that looked like it was from about like the 50s or 60s, and it had all these recipes for like tuna jello salad like I, i'm not making this up like i think there was like a trout jello salad recipe oh, in there yeah man yeah so That's uh, american culinary tradition yeah, yeah stolen appropriated from french classic cuisine and turned into yeah the american i don't know uh, not the greatest i remember those things <laughs> from being a kid you know that they'd show up at at you know family functions and parties and there would be all glistening and shiny and wobbly and then you'd cut into it and it, you know it's got fish in it. Um, so I'm I'm sure that listeners who aren't you know intimately familiar with who I am and the things yeah, that yeah, we're putting I do the cart before the horse here a little bit. Right yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, we're putting uh, the cart before the horse a little bit. <laughs> let's talk about well, since we've already leapt into it, let's talk about what solid wiggles are, and then maybe to get there, we can talk a little bit about like uh, your your background in, in bartending. Um, yeah, absolutely. With with, <laughs> with guys like Dave Arnold and and how that maybe got to you where you are. That sounds great. So solid wiggles is a technologically and artistically advanced jelly cake company. We operate out of a space in the Pfizer building on uh, Flushing Avenue in in Brooklyn. A few blocks from my home. Exactly. Great space. A lot of wonderful people in that building. You've got Fourth Ave, you've got Fetcha Bruto, uh, April Wachtel's uh, cocktail ingredient kit company, whose name has escaped me, operates out of there, but they're uh, great cheeky, people. Cheeky. Cheeky, yeah. exactly. Uh, yeah, so we we make beautiful six-inch jelly cakes with and without alcohol. Uh, we being myself and my partner, Jenna Derman. Uh, and we're shipping them nationally on Gold Belly, and we're selling them locally out of a store in Prospect Heights called Kit, which is a lovely coffee shop and wine shop short for keep in touch. Uh, it used to be a space called Mimi's Diner. Same ownership, but more of a casual all-day vibe. And what what led you to this place is my, is my question, and I'm sure the question of the listener. What, what made you go from, I work behind bars that are uh, maybe driven by some techniques that aren't common in other bars, uh, using some tools that aren't common, and now I sell Jell-O? Sure. Uh, it really all dates back to... Uh, like 2000, summer of 2013, when I decided to change my major from music business to food studies at NYU and got a job working at uh, Milk Bar. I was a barista at Milk Bar and then interned in the commissary. And I interned for Jenna Derman, who became my partner. Uh, and, you know, I was doing nutrition facts information at the time and like that, all, all sorts of boring data entry, but exciting because I got to work in this, you know, fast paced, interesting food universe. And I was working in the, the East Village storefront of uh, Milk Bar at nights. 
And it was right across the street from a bar called Booker and Dax. And I was... Oh, yeah, I've heard of it. Yeah. Yeah. So there you, I'm certain that you've heard of it. I'm sure you've been in it quite a few times. Uh, so it's a bar that's uh, was owned by a guy named Dave Arnold in partnership with Dave Chang. It was attached to Momofuku Sambar. And I was drinking there after my shifts, you know, it was, it was the old trade, uh, you know, pastries and ice cream for a, a discount on cocktails, the classic, you know, quid pro quo arrangement of, of any food, food business. Yeah, the old, the old barter system. Exactly. Making it nice for each other. Yeah. And I started falling in love with these crazy flavor combinations and just cocktails in general. So I asked Nick Bennett, who is the head bartender at the time, I guess he called himself the bar captain and would wear the hat, but you know, he was the only one who ever did that. <laughs> uh, classic Nick Bennett. Yeah. So I said, Hey, like, Hey, can I, can I like trail? Can I do a stage? Like, I just want to learn more about this. And he said, let me, let me look into it. And it ended up being the manager at the time, Mara McGuigan, the incredible Mara McGuigan reached out to me and said, you know, we're, we don't really do trails or stages, but what we're looking for is a bar back. And I said, sign me up. That sounds great. I'm ready to learn. And my first ever shift in any bar, I was loading centrifuge buckets with lime juice that had been treated with, you know, wine finding agents and pectinase and spinning it in a like large scale laboratory centrifuge. And that was my day one introduction to what bars are and what cocktails are all about. <laughs> and I have built a career around that kind of technique and technology driven uh, booze action. And then and you went to work at McSorley's. And then I went to work at, well, you know, <laughs> McSorley's North, once Booker and Dax closed, I had to do something else. So I worked at a, a bar called the Nomad that some people may have been familiar with. It's gone now. My, my greatest claim to fame is that uh, every bar I've ever worked at has closed. <laughs> it's Booker and Dax, the Nomad in New York, and existing conditions. You know, all bars that I think, you know, we worked really hard and did a pretty good job and all were not long for this world, unfortunately. Uh, so once COVID closed existing conditions, which, uh, you know, Dave, we, we were dormant for a little bit. And then Dave called me and said, Jack, I need you. I'm opening something, you know, me and Don, Don Lee are, are putting something together. And I said, absolutely. Put in my, you know, two weeks notice at Nomad thinking we we're going to open this new bar in two months. And, you know, six to eight months later, existing conditions opened. And it was such a wonderful, incredible experience. And I learned so much, but, you know, closed due to the pandemic and I had to figure something out. I didn't want to just like start trying to pick up shifts anywhere. I wanted to figure out a, a new path and what that could mean for me. And that's when Jenna Derman reached out to me and said, Hey, Jack, I've been making these uh, jelly cakes for weddings and for events, but I'm only using coconut water because what she needed was a flavorful, clear base, you know, something that tasted good that you could add sugar and sheet gelatin to, to set and then inject with opaque milk jellies to add the, you know, beautiful designs into it. But she wanted to expand the flavor profiles that she was working with and knew that I had experience in making cloudy shit clear. You know, it was basically my entire life for the near, near decade prior to that. And I said, absolutely, I'll help you out. So, you know, we got a spins all and I met at her apartment and we, we started working on a couple things and, you know, the, the flavors were starting to mesh really nicely. I think the first thing we did was clarified cucumber with Robbie Nelson lended us some amass gin. It was a mass clarified cucumber jelly with uh, a lime like background layer with a flour injected into it as like a single serving shot. And it was incredibly delicious. And it was just like, wow, there's definitely something here. And I was doing a pop-up at uh, a great restaurant on the Lower East Side called Wild Air with Dave. We, you know, just like trying to find some joy in the height of the pandemic. We did a little outdoor seating only pop-up where we did some old Booker and Dax drinks and had some fun and Jenna and I made like 300 jelly shots and they sold out in, I think the first hour and a half. So it was like, there is something to this. So 
that was in September of 2020, I want to say. Yes. I had, maybe it was, no, sorry. I guess it, it was either, yeah, it was. It was September of 2020 because October of 2020, we made 1,500 individual uh, spooky eyeballs and sold them out of various bars. It was, uh, you know, like clarified acid adjusted orange, a coconut eyeball jelly, Angostura uh, blood with like a sour cherry back. It ended up being like a a fun painkiller riff in the form of a bloodshot eyeball set in a two ounce souffle cup. And I tell you what, it was, it was a blast, but the amount of work that goes into each individual eyeball is uh, about the same as the amount of work that goes into a six inch jelly cake, which is now the format that we deal in primarily. And uh, people aren't as excited to spend as much on uh, an individual serving as they are on like a, an ornate large cake, but it's really not that much more work to produce. So we moved to this new format, these six inch cakes, and we got hooked up with Gold Belly, who you know you may be familiar with. It's that service online that ships specialty foods from around the country to anywhere in the country. So we're producing in Brooklyn at Brooklyn and shipping overnight uh, to all 50 states. That's incredible. I think, you know, radio, not the greatest format for what you're describing. I think that I'll, I'll make sure I post some photos. Um, yeah, I, our, sent a, I sent a few over. Yeah, to our socials so that people can get an understanding of what you're, what mm-hmm. you're talking about when you say milk jelly injections. And these things look amazing. Like the Cosmos one that you posted about recently just looks incredible. Um, well, thank you so much. Yeah, we've, we've got some, some flavors that I'm really excited about. There's the Boozy Cosmos that is... Uh, essentially a Cosmo, but it looks like outer space. It's, you know, vodka, cranberry, acid-adjusted uh, orange, and and some lemon juice. And it's super bright and crisp, and all the flavors are, are clear and present. Uh, we just did a, a new cake in partnership with uh, the Japanese Sake and Shochu Brewers Associ- Association with the Ichiko Saiten, the higher-proof shochu, mm-hmm. that really beautiful barley shochu with uh, clarified lemon, and uh, hojicha and roasted rice tea and a little bit of yuzu. That's just like dynamite. I'm so happy with how that flavor turned out. And, and like, what's the, from the consumer's side, you brought me, um, uh, I think early on in, in this endeavor, you stopped by Amoria Margo and dropped off a jelly cake for us that was, uh, yeah. as, I, as I recall, it was a Negroni, right? Am I wrong? It was, yeah, it was the our Boozy Dream Boat, one of our all-time bestsellers, uh, Campari, orange, and lime. Yeah. Just it, like. It was bright and bitter. It was delicious. Um, but what is the expectation of the of the consumer? Am I looking to to have this thing and kind of get a buzz on, or is this just like a, a fun side snack to my my bar offerings for the night? Or I would who, who's I would buy this thing is what I'm asking. Yeah, about. it's it's a crazy variety of people that are buying it, and we're still trying to get a handle on like what is our market because of. Uh, liquor regulations they're five percent alcohol so they're not going to get you you know on the floor it's going to be you know you you'll feel it there's alcohol present but it's like eating a slice of beer it's not like you know (laughs) eating drinking a cocktail a few slices of beer last night myself exactly the the thing that's really nice about them is that at that abv uh they're really beautifully balanced and our primary focus is always on making it delicious first and then look gorgeous. You know, it, first things first, it has to eat really well. And we've spent a lot of R&D time dialing in the texture, you know, the exact percentages of sugar and of gelatin and alcohol to make sure that it's, you know, the, the texture is on point. I found that I'm sure you've all been at a party that had jello shots that you had to really chew and mm-hmm. it's just a totally unpleasant experience. So we're primarily trying to avoid that. So these are really supple, soft, you know, you put a bite on your tongue and it really melts in your mouth in a way that's wonderful. So I guess I, I, I want to know, like, is there a, a a sort of big cognitive gear shift that you have to make? It's just uh, very rarely do we have guests on the show who talk about 
eating booze. Like, <laughs> yes. how do you, do you have to really like totally rethink the way you think about these spirits? Or is it actually just like a super easy one-to-one jump when you started, you know, thinking about these ingredients in this way? It's not one-to-one. There's a lot of variability there. Um, because it, like it, it's, it's, you have to turn on a pastry brain, essentially. Mm-hmm. And fortunately, my partner, Jenna, has this brilliant pastry mind. You know, she was Christina Tozzi's, essentially like her number two, like kitchen manager at Milk Bar for the better part of a decade. Insanely talented individual. And she dialed in that texture. And I was sort of just able to input flavors in a way that made sense. It's hard to describe until you're standing in front of a a pot of, you know, melted sheet gelatin in clarified juice. And then it starts to make sense. But and until then, you know, it's like, it's almost like lemon juice be, or, you know, like whatever citrus you're using, acid adjusted orange or lemon or acid grapefruit or lime, whatever, you know, clarified juice that you're using, that becomes sort of the base spirit. And the spirit is the modifier, essentially. That hmm. s- sweetened juice that ha- is, you know, high acid profile, high sugar profile, you know, a, a candy essentially, you know, it, it is a confection. And then you're altering that with these secondary flavors that you're getting from the spirit and then tertiary flavors, because you're also thinking about it as a layer. You know, there's the thick base that we pour first that's usually, uh, primary flavor compound, say acid orange, that's modified by a spirit. In the case of the cosmos, that's vodka. And then that's injected with the the smallest, you know, quantity-wise ingredient, which is either milk jelly or oat milk jelly that's been colored and flavored either with sugar or sweetened condensed milk. So it's injected with the the colorful milk jelly. And then there's a layer behind that that gives it a beautiful background so that all the colors pop. And that's another place to showcase bold flavors that are modifiers, things like cranberry or a different, like a mixed citrus situation, like the, the yuzu I spoke about earlier. Or in some cases, we'll have all of the booze component be in that bottom layer and do it a little thicker. In the case of Souther, the cake that I brought you, the dream boat, the Campari is uh only present in that bottom layer, but it gives the whole cake a beautiful red color because the clear pops all that red and we're able to inject some, you know, lovely spring flowers into that clear layer that really, you know, are dazzling with that red background. Yeah, they, again, they are visually pretty stunning. How, how long does it take from, obviously R&D the flavor first, yeah, but, but from, yeah. from I've decided on the flavor, how long does it take to build one of these cakes? Because you got to if you're if you're if you're layering it, that means you've got to it's got to chill and, and solidify yeah, before you put absolutely. the next layer. So we're never going to make just one. You know, once we're past that R and D phase, yeah. yeah. But it's yeah, of course. I, but you know, so we'll we'll put together a big batch of the the clear base that gets poured first, and we'll pour that, and that'll be like Monday from you know eleven to three. We're making bases and we can usually make you know in the realm of it depends on what our order needs are for the week but you know usually in in the land of like 30 to 40 cakes and it just takes a few hours to get those bases made and poured and then we can you know meet about r&d and other projects and figure out what our what our next steps for the business are and then we'll come back we usually come back on Wednesdays, just the way that our weeks work out. Our shipping days right now are just Monday and Wednesday. So if you order, your cake will arrive on either a Tuesday or a Thursday. Mm-hmm. So perfect for a midweek exciting experience or a weekend adventure. Sure. Uh, and once the cakes arrive, they're good for, you know, if they're in the, the mold that they arrive in, like 10 days, if you unmold it, they're good for about a week. So plenty of time to enjoy them once they arrive. Uh, that said, we'll get we'll come in on Wednesday, and we'll usually already have made our uh, like modifier jellies, like the background and all of the the milk jellies that are colored. Uh, we'll melt that out, and then it usually takes a few hours to inject all of the cakes. Some of them are faster. Some of the more intricate flower, like florals, can take a little longer. But essentially, in two work days, you know, two. 
six to eight hour shifts, we can bang out anywhere from 30 to, you know, 65, 70 cakes. Wow. Yeah. Easy. Pretty labor intense, especially the design part, I'm certain, is the, is the part that takes the most time. Yeah. And, and it's every single, you know, stroke is hand injected. Right, it's really, funny. yeah, it's a, a, a labor of love. Are you doing that part? Have you gotten to the place in your skill set where that's, that's, that's part of I, what you do? I have always been a part oh, of that. Yeah, right, we, yeah. It's myself and, and Jenna, and we're doing that together. And we have uh, one employee, uh, her name's Coco. She worked at Existing Conditions with me and is awesome. She's a brilliant ceramicist and she came on very early to, to help us just with production initially, but then became a big part of a lot of our design language. And she is getting ready to move on to a next, a next step in her career. She's going to focus more on ceramics and we wish her all the best, but she was definitely a, a big help in the uh, production and design aspects of, of this sort of like initial run of our products. But yeah, absolutely. I do. All, all, all injecting, all R&D. It's a very collaborative effort. So hearing arts. how this operation comes together, it's all, it, it almost sounds like a heist. You know, it's like you've got your spirits <laughs> guy and then you have your pastry expert and then you have your ceramicist who makes sure that everything like comes together in the mold. It's, it's wild. It's certainly much more involved than the uh, jello shots I was putting together when I was <clears throat> 21. Yeah. Um, so I, I congratulate you on that level of effort. Um, I definitely want to keep talking about this, but we should take a quick break here and hear from some of our sponsors. So we'll be right back with Jack Schramm from you, Solid. You know what I think Station. we should do before we take a break? What should we do before we take a break, Damon? We usually do this at the end of the show so people can find you. But I think while we're on this break, go check out on Instagram, Solid Wiggles. That's at Solid Wiggles. Just so you know what we're talking about. Yeah, it'll make so much more yeah. sense if you can see the <laughs> image yes, of it. It's true. <laughs> yeah. And then we'll be back in a, in a few minutes. All right. yeah, and, and listen to the ad too, because we worked harder on that shit. <laughs> but, but, you know, you can multitask. Look at, the, look at the fun pictures too. But either way, we'll see you in a bit. You may have heard us talk about Diageo Bar Academy on the podcast for some time now. Diageo Bar Academy is a totally free resource for bartenders, bar managers, and those in the hospitality industry, as well as just the average Joe. If you're a listener, you should you should check it out. Yeah, I mean, we assume if you're listening to this show that you like cocktails, so you should definitely go over there and see a lot of the free classes they have. And today, speaking of which, I want to tell you about some of the amazing new e-learning courses that they have that are available right now, literally right now. Uh, Diageo Bar Academy, it's always free. There's tons of resources that help you build your skills at your own pace and at any level, including... Speaking of, you know, the the fun combination of jello and alcohol and eating booze, as we were just talking about, um, there's a course on spirits and food pairings. So if you want to learn more about balancing flavors between spirits and foods, you can take this interactive course and it'll help you know what cocktails are recommended for different moments of your guest meal and helps elevate their dining experience and, this is the fun part, your check average. Yeah, heck yeah. Get that, get that money, baby. Stack that paper. Diageo Bar Academy online courses offer real-life skills to help you grow your career. Go check it out at diageobaracademy.com. That's D-I-A-G-E-O baracademy.com. This episode is brought to you by Bento Box, a restaurant marketing and commerce platform that helps you get discovered, make more money, and engage your diners so that you can deliver great hospitality, both in person and online. A Brooklyn fan favorite, Reunion is truly a love letter to Tel Aviv. Opening its doors in 2014, customers adore this light-filled cafe for its authentic Israeli comfort food, including shakshuka, falafel, and a variety of mezes. Reunion is one of over 8,000 restaurants that leverages Bento Box to power their digital front door, including their website, online ordering, event management, and more. Visit getbento.com hrn to learn more and get your first month free. That's getbento.com slash HRN. And we're back. You're listening to the Speakies on Heritage Radio Network. And in the studio today, we have our buddy Jack Shrim. And we've been talking about solid wiggles. I hope that you took our instructions before the break and went to Instagram to look at these things. They're fucking beautiful. They're incredible. Yeah. This Cosmos thing yeah. is insane. Like, uh, like, 
<laughs> I'm getting married in about a year, and now I want you to do my wedding cake. <laughs> we love doing weddings. We'd be happy to. And we've got, you know, we can do it at a big sheet pan so everyone gets an individual square. We can do a larger format, you know, happy to talk about custom work. We love to ship a bunch of six inch cakes, but if you've got a, a special event, uh, shoot us a line at info at solidwiggles.com and we're, we're happy to chat. Nice. Can you make a full size scaled one to one? Harley Davidson Jello cake. <laughs> <laughs> that individual shape work is tough. Yeah. We're still sort of in the R and D phase of of a lot of mold work. Everything we're doing is all injection based at this point. So the answer is not no. <laughs> it's not yet. It's yes. I, I yes. love that there wasn't even a second where you didn't treat that question as a hundred percent serious. I'm just yeah. like, well. Maybe, maybe we're working on. If we can make it happen, we can make it happen. I <laughs> just it's a sheet know. cake that's in the shape of the bar and shield of Harley Davidson's logo. There you go. <laughs> yeah, we can we can make something happen. You know, I was actually just thinking, like looking at this, like you could probably do like a turntable, you know, because they're, they're oh yeah, they're six inch rounds, but you could do like a twelve inch round and do like some record. I don't know. Anyway, but it's it's incredible. Like they they're visually stunning, and I hope that our listeners are going to look at them right now. Um, I, so like I see that you know you've got all this inspiration from cocktails obviously but you're doing non-alcoholic and uh alcohol infused uh inspired uh kind of cocktail inspired cakes like you know you've never done like I was making a joke in the first half of the show that like you know after Booker and Dice you went to work at McSorley's but you've never done anything normal in this industry ever have you I mean like it's You've just no, done like the I, craziest shit. I haven't. <laughs> I've only ever been on the like weirdest periphery and somehow it's really worked for me. It's, yeah. well, it's just been a, I would, I would throw in here though. It, it, it struck me when you started talking about how your very first shift in, inside a bar was, was doing what you were doing in the basement of Booker. Um, and how, what Damon is saying, you've never done anything normal, but for you, that, that is your it is normal. normal. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I was air quoting, you know? but you couldn't see me because we're doing radio. right. But, yeah. but I think, but I think what that made me think of Damon is that there is now obvious proof. Jack is it, but there's, there's now probably a whole set of folks out there who, who, what we would consider the fringe is what, is what they know, you know? Yeah. I mean, honestly, like one of your coworkers, um, who used to, used to be my roommate and <laughs> used to work with me at primates, but Garrett Richards, I mean, like, you know, he, he was a cocktail enthusiast. Uh, he worked in radio, uh, before he got into bars and he's only ever worked in like very, very classic or kind of tiki bars or, or molecular bars. Like, uh, like the ones he worked with you at Jack and yeah, like that's his, that's normal for him, you know? And it, it when mm -hmm. he was working with me, I kind of like, I had to really like kind of rethink the way that, that, uh, that I thought about just like bartending in general. I, you know, I've worked at a couple of divey kind of bars, but like mostly, I guess I've worked in cocktail bars, but you know, like I, it's, it's, I would say every time, like every week I say, this is the most fascinating time, but it always gets more fascinating and more exciting, you know, as we move through this. And there's just something to be said about like the, the experience, you know, it's kind of like, like, living pre-internet or uh, cell phone, you know, and then, <laughs> and then being born after that point and like, that's just normal, you know? Yeah. I just got born into that like tech fluency in the cocktail world. Yeah. Absolutely. Makes a lot of sense. Also, Garrett, such an incredible bartender, such a joy to work with. I love the way that his brain conceptualizes drinks. We, we really jived when we worked together when he worked at existing conditions with me, such, yeah. such a pleasure to work with. Even yeah. just like the, uh, the Chinatown daiquiri, you know, that's garnished with yeah. a, with a fortune cookie. It's a very simple drink, but it's so well thought out, you know, like it doesn't mm -hmm. have to be, you know, it's the QB cooler versus the Mai Tai essentially, you know, like yeah. it's, it's the beauty is the simplicity and the cleverness of garnishing, you know, a fortune cookie fits right on the edge of a, of a cocktail glass. So it's mm -hmm. just a perfect garnish, you know? So yeah, he, he's got a great, great outlook and and a great palette yeah like so on point let's let's pivot a little bit jack and talk about your company um better drinks at home what what is sure. that, what is that all about and how are you uh 
how are you using that to make the world a better place? So I'm, oh, I'm not necessarily trying to make the world a better place, but I'm trying to make, you know, the cocktail in your glass, a better drink, I guess is the, is the goal. Those two uh, things can be the same. I agree. <laughs> I think if everyone's drinking better, everyone's happier. And you know, the world is, is a little bit better, but that's a company that essentially is just like the way that I operate all of the aspects of my life now, like the way that I pay myself for tax reasons, but also the, the sort of ethos of this company. That's one person. That's just me is, uh, more delicious cocktails for parties. You know, I, I've do, I've been doing a lot of private events. I had the great fortune of, you know, stumbling into this wonderful relationship with some, uh, event planners for, you know, some folks that have, some properties upstate and some properties in the city and some stuff in Connecticut and doing some really exciting, you know, large scale events outdoors during the pandemic. And then, you know, like heavily tested and regulated and a couple of weddings. And so it's essentially just like a, if you want me to do the drinks for your wedding, birthday party, that kind of stuff, that's, that's where I run that through, through this little side business. And it's essentially just shoot me an email. You know, I don't even have a website yet, but I've managed to to build up a little a little following and some relationships with with party planners that have really helped me. You know, in the time when I was still getting solid wiggles figured out and the Pernod stuff was shut down, it really allowed me to to stay afloat. And in addition to stuff that's happening in person, the online component of that company was huge. So I got hooked up with a company called Gush that is essentially an events producer. And they were trying to like match people with fun events in person, like people who live in New York and are looking for something fun to do could come to Gush for like a curated list of recommendations. And then the pandemic hit and they needed to pivot. So they started doing fun curated Zoom classes and zoom events and pl- like you know trying to get that spirit of conviviality of being in a space together back but in this weird digital space and i started doing a show with my buddy matt hunter you know formerly of of nomad in 11 madison park great bartender uh it was called high bar and we would make a classic cocktail and then make our own personal variations on the classic and then the audience would get shipped a kit of ingredients that would have everything that they needed to make all of the drinks for the show. And then they would vote at the end on which variation they thought was superior. And it was this, you know, fun, creative, collaborative thing. And then that sort of grew and metastasized into, you know, private cocktail classes for Google and Salesforce and all sorts of, of interesting, both public and private shows. Souther, you've been on a quite a few shows with me yep. with Gush and you've got a, a new show that you're launching shortly. Am I right? Yeah. We haven't uh, confirmed the dates yet, but we're going to do a six part series, which you can sign up, uh, which the, the guests can sign up to, to do all six or just any ones that they want. And again, we'll send out a kit in the beginning. And what we're going to do is make bitters um, and then make cocktails using those bitters. So the first episode will just be us making a classic cocktail uh, with some of the things that we send you and then all the ingredients to build the bitters. And then about a month later will be the episode where we break into those bitters, make a cocktail using them, and then make the next bitters for the next episode and and so on. We're going to do a food component as well. I'm going to make some um, foods that involve cocktail ingredients and, and the bitters that we make as well. So it's going to be a ton of fun. And Gush is really, really fun. Like the episodes I did with you were great. Uh, yeah. And I think... Uh, did I ever win? We did two where, where they did the vote thing against us. I don't. I don't recall winning. <laughs> I don't. I. I don't think it matters. I think we both made great drinks and were able to convey uh, a lot of information for people about how to make cocktails and how to make them delicious. And I think that's what matters is giving the people the education that they need, the one that they you know maybe didn't know they needed. But here we are telling them the truth. I'm right. also uh, thrilled to announce that my show with Dave Arnold on Gush. Uh, balancing act is coming back for a second season and we'll have uh, dates and information about that shortly but we are hard at work on the new season and i'm really excited about the the stuff we're going to discuss it's going to be fun and talk about balancing act a little bit because it had a different format right yeah balancing act was well you know nothing that i do with dave can ever be normal that's there there's just no way to i i i, I 
I try to just be the catalyst that gets that man's brain going in interesting directions. And, you know, it, it always is, but I try to just be the spark that makes fun and exciting and funny things happen with him. Uh, so the, the format of that show was, was more of a like technology driven lens. You know, we did an episode on carbonation where I actually, we, we made, you know, a hundred units of, three different drinks that were all, you know, clarified, bottled, carbonated, uh, you know, crown captain, 187 milliliter little champagne bottles. And we shipped carbonated cocktails to, to every guest, but we've also done some more low tech stuff and a few episodes where it's just Dave and I talking about techniques, you know, almost more of a podcast format, but where we can really get into the nitty gritty of like audience member questions and, and, try to really help people out who are on this sort of like nerd journey that we're, we're all sort of on together, but you know, some of us are just at different places on that path. So we love to, to share the wealth of knowledge. And how does someone get uh, involved with Gush? I don't even know, actually. I've only been on the thing. I've never promoted one. Well, they've got an Instagram account, Gush NYC, uh, and they also are online just at gush.com so take a look they've got links for both public shows and private events as well as production services as well as a store where i have some custom syrups that we've made for previous uh individual episodes so you can buy a variety of cocktail ingredients that are you know handmade either by me or the gush team and they love to host private events on on zoom that are really fun and and interesting and then there's access to all of the tickets for all of the public shows uh, are available there as well. So Souther, as soon as your dates are ironed out, I'm sure they're going to put up yeah, uh, a link and, you know, we'll be, I'll be promoting yours and I'm sure you'll be promoting uh, balancing act as well. And sure, we'll, we'll make sure everybody gets involved. Sounds fucking awesome. And I can't wait. Um, we're coming towards the end of time here, but I did want to just touch real quickly about your, you've been working, as you mentioned a few times during the show with Pernod at their office bar for, for quite some time. How does one either in or not in the business uh, get, get to come in and see that bar or maybe see you in action back there? Well, we, we do uh, happy hours every Thursday for the folks in the office. So obviously that's been shut down for, for quite a bit of time. It's not the kind of thing that you can just walk into. It's definitely a more of a guest situation. The, the happy hours exist sort of as an employee morale thing. Uh, so most weeks, I'll just put together a fun little list of cocktails using some brands in the portfolio. I'm doing, uh, this is actually my one opportunity to be a somewhat normal bartender and flex the <laughs> like standard cocktail creativity. Like I'm doing a drink this week that's uh, a split base, basically a daiquiri spec, but the split is between uh, Del Maguey, Vida, De Los Muertos, the new higher proof uh, Vida that they just put out. And Malibu is the split. So it's... Yeah, it sounds normal. It's hilarious and way more delicious than it has any right to be. Smoky, slaty, coconut drink? Uh, yeah, yeah, let's get in there. Smokinut, man. It's a, it's, it's a underrated <laughs> Oh my God. I didn't call it Smokinut, but I'm stealing that 1,000%. That, so one's, that one's free, man. That's, a, I, that's, I our, that's, that. our, that's like a gift bag from the Speakeasy. That's from us to you. <laughs> a beautiful cocktail name. Wow. Thank you. Yeah. So, you know, if, uh, if you're dying to, to get over there, just let me know. I'd love to have you over and taste you through the portfolio. Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, I, I, I've been there before, and I'd, I'd love to come back again. Uh, you know, again, it's been over two years. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, I was just—I didn't know—is there any opportunity for just average Joe to come in? Now? It's, yeah, it's it's really more of an invite situation. It's not a. I Got mean, it. does Diageo have days where folks can just wander in off the street or Campari? I, it's it's definitely more of a corporate situation where yeah. they're, you know, it's it's an event space that exists for you know folks throwing events in the office. Just shoot them a message. Yeah. yeah. Reach out to me if you if you want to come check it out. And if I can make it happen, I'll make it happen. Yeah, yeah right on. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, so yeah, it's, it's either uh, me just making some exciting drinks that I think are delicious for the folks that are in the office on any given Thursday, or 
the other thing is, uh, you know, a brand will throw a, a huge party and invite a bunch of media and there could be as many as 200 guests and I'm batching, you know, like 800 cocktails for a, a wild night of partying from 6.30 to 8.30. You know, it's not a, it's never the longest or the latest, but I've, I've put out quite a few drinks from that bar with, uh, with a variety of staff. So it's, it's a blast. It's, it's a lot of fun. And it's fun to work on that side of things, like understand where cocktails that get printed on the back of labels come from and like talk directly with brand teams about strategy and about cocktail ideation. And that's, it's, it's a really interesting world because so much has to be so simple and recipes often have to be written in parts and it all feels counterintuitive until you realize that, you know, so much of the spirits world is not for bartenders. Right. It's for people that pick up a bottle off a shelf and want to make something mm -hmm. that tastes a little bit better than just pouring the liquid in a glass by itself. Yeah. No, so, I think we're all pretty, pretty acutely aware that most yeah. of this, most of what goes on in this gigantic business isn't for us. Yeah. <laughs> Smoking it. Smoking it. That's for us. We'll keep that one for ourselves. Yeah. yeah. I'll share it, but it, it was for us. Yeah. <laughs> well, Jack, I mean, man, you've been a great guest. You've got so much yeah. to say. Uh, you know, I feel like we could go on and on. Uh, maybe we'll have to have you back on. That's a, that's a good sign. Uh, I'd but, love that. Yeah, thanks thank so you. much for sharing your time with us and talking to us about all these things. Solid Wiggles, of course. Everybody should check that out. Uh, what's your Instagram again? Is at Shram Plate. My last name, Shram, S-C-H-R-A-M-M, Plate, P-L-A-T-E. And then, of course, Solid Wiggles is just at Solid Wiggles. Yep, that's it. Easy enough. And the website is solidwiggles.com. That's got links to uh, purchase both in our you know, New York City, in our Brooklyn uh, storefront location, and uh, online at Gold Belly. Gold Belly, cool. And be on the lookout for my psychedelic see-through wedding cake. Yes, definitely. <laughs> I'm very excited. We'll, we'll chat off the air yeah, about that. Yeah, for sure. We'll, we'll make It'll be smoking that. Smoking yeah. that and clear. Yeah, this is great. This is happening. What a great Mescal and coconut <laughs> actually works. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll do it. All right. We'll make it happen. Sounds good. Well, cool. Thanks again for being on the show today. It's been great catching up. Uh, check out the Speakeasy on all formats of listening devices. And check out Heritage Radio Network for many more programs like this one. Uh, but thanks again for being on the show. And until next week, everyone, cheers. Cheers, everybody. Thanks, Cheers. Cheers. Wiggling sound. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't shun the devil with your rock. The Speakeasy is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to learn more about our 10-year anniversary celebration happening all year long, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com forward slash Heritage Radio Network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows that you like. Tell your friends. And please, join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening. <laughs>